Why would I subscribe to anything? I don't know. Maybe Guitar Wink is something I'd change my mind for. Consider it. You're just in a member of an exalted group of wankers. What better epitaph could you have for your life? Subscribe now. Don't don't overplay. Well, that's what you don't, mean by don't, bad don't intention. Wreck, don't, don't wreck the, okay. the, the music. Because yeah, that's what I thought but you when, meant by bad intention. No, but when... when 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 people point to you and it's your it's time, time to, to solve, take it, time to take it. Don't yeah. don't 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 hold don't, back. Don't be nice. Exactly. Oh, totally. But no one wants that. I mean, you would never hire that guy for your band, much less anything else. You know, I mean, it's, but there's but there are some people that do play. They 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 get in their mind and they play towards what other musicians are gonna think about them vis a vis. The audience oh yeah oh yeah and okay. and it's like oh you broke the rule book so oh man I, i've <laughs> only i've only I've, I've paid my rent this month you know right. it's like well for it's me like, okay. for me at least you know the people who train me in in my particular pursuit jazz is like if you don't do that you aren't playing jazz if you aren't really you know taking it where you want to take yeah. it in that moment you know, and it's good that people don't like it. I mean, you know, in a certain yeah. way, because it means that you have found you're not you're not conforming to the team. You're actually being yourself. I mean, and 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 that's been my real pet peeve with jazz music in general is its loss of mostly fun and in, and individual personality. Yeah. It's like it's become a geeky, you know, out you know uh, outdo each other kind of sport versus. Uh, entertaining people with great music that's that's that is challenging and complex yeah. but you know that's not the the point isn't to be challenging and complex the point is to make great music that, that is a, that, that is your story to tell at that moment right and you know i mean i played with dizzy gillespie and he was of course a, a great he was like louis armstrong in a lot of yeah. ways and and Richie, all those guys, it seems like i end up in the bands of the guys that really know how to entertain and that's really my thing now is you know more so than ever yeah. is going down that road as much just to almost reject the anti-entertainment i mean it's almost seen as minstrel see yeah now 
to a lot of people to like actually engage the audience, tell a joke or so, do yeah. something funny. Yeah. You know, I mean, like that's it really it's perceived in certain circles that I'm in, like you're acting like a minstrel, you know. Oh, it's like, God. And yeah, I mean, and, and actually, I hate to tell you this, but in some jazz circles, people think playing the blues or bluesy mm -hmm. is corny. Right. Which is like, to me, like, like so off. I mean, I'll have a, a student who auditions or comes to a lesson, and I'll like, I'll play with them, and they'll play the changes great and all this stuff. And I'll go, wow, I noticed there's like, no blues in your playing. Like, you know, there's 16, 17, how do you, how do you even play this? I mean, in my mind, yeah. you know, after listening to all this great music, of course, they're listening to what's happened in the last 10 years where a yeah. lot of people have rejected the blues. And every generation needs to reject certain things to yeah. move forward. But, like, wow. I mean, I've asked that question, and one person in particular looked me in the eye and just said, oh, the blues is corny. Okay. And I, you know, I, and I, I, I was, you know, shocked, you know, I mean, first, and I just said, you know, is that you talking or somebody say that to you? You know, I said, I just want you to go home. And I gave, gave that, this person like six names. Check these people out. Just listen to a few things yeah. on, on YouTube. And if you think that's still corny, cool, it's corny. But, but make sure you really know what you're talking about. See, I love Ray Gomez. Like when Ray Gomez used to like play with, um, uh, Stanley Clark or whoever, uh, he was str he uh, like fusion jazz blues on fire guy. Yeah, like there was there was no rules. I mean, yeah. it was just hyper strat, wang bar wherever he wanted to go. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, and it's and it's like, and because he cut through that whole thing like a knife, hot knife through butter. You know, it's like I never, I never will understand the concept of wanting to assimilate just because you want positive comments on your Instagram videos. I just won't get that. Or, or you think that it's, it's, it's you know, okay, as potentially as a sideman in certain genres, in certain kinds of work, potentially that, that is a good strategy. Mm -hmm. Potentially. And that's, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even going to give it, yes, that's a good strategy. Potentially. But as a person who perceives himself as a creative force and wants to have their own voice, yeah. that's actually the biggest mistake you can do. Is to is to strive for conformity or, or you know, like to fit in with something because this shit's going to be like there's very few genres that last more than a couple of years anymore. Yeah. So you know that you, and and that was actually kind of a thing for me because I fusion was real big when I was you know coming of age. Yeah. You know, like I I was I graduated high school in '74, so you know exactly what was happening. Oh, yeah. And now, granted, I came up as a bebopper; that was my my main love. But I was playing blues gigs and Latin gigs, and San Francisco was a big music town, and um, and everybody was doing fusion, you know, and uh, and I had lots of chops from playing bop and stuff. So yeah. you know, I mean, it wasn't really that big a switch, you know, I. I got a 335 and I, you know, turned my amp up a little more and kind of, you know, played this music. And, but I was still playing jazz with uh, Richie Cole and Eddie Jefferson at that time on the road. And uh, Eddie Jefferson got murdered um, in 19, I guess, 80, maybe, 81. And uh, I can't tell you how much I just like, I just said, shit. This is all going to end one day. I really don't believe in this music. Yeah. I'm just doing it because it's the thing everybody's doing now, and I can do it, so I have a shot at it, maybe. Yeah. 
maybe not. I probably didn't, but you know, I was in I was in the league with all the guys and playing with the cats down here, and you know, yeah. And I just like this is not where my heart is, and I sold my three thirty five and never looked back. You know what I mean? It was a, the pivotal moment in my life to watch, you know, to have this guy I admired and loved and was right. on the road with just get murdered. You right. Know, you know, yeah. gone. It's like, wow. And I mean, there, that was a guy who really believed in his shit. Yeah. And, and, and the people who do believe in it will ultimately rise to the top. Yeah. You know, there's some cats that, that play the types of music that I just go, man, I can't. Look, look, look at Zam Fear. Look at, look at yeah. uh, you know, look, look at the. Uh, the polka or any of these sub genres of like there's cats out there really feeling it 100% and those are the guys that 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 make the music great you know and it's and it's like if you're going to pretend you're into it or or dress up to look the part just to get the gig you, ultimately you have to you have to do like you said big time out and go where where do I really want to be you know and if you can't answer that in a sentence then 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 i you really need to readdress right then you need to go somewhere and figure that out that's right that's right unless of course you want to be that george deering kind of sideman guy who's in the studios every day playing anything you want you know appro appropriate <laughs> appropriately and well and can read fly shit you know and like yeah. you know you got the right gear and got the right touch and got the right sound and can deliver every day on the spot for what you need i don't care if it's a mongolian right. you know horse race or a you know or a surfer party or you know or a whatever a, a bullfight you right. know i mean he's got your tin cover he's got your i mean that's and he's also a great creative musician on the side. He happens to be a rare one that kind of does everything. Yeah. But in general, yeah, if you're going to go for that generic being able to be everything, then that's, that's, that's also a decision that needs to be made because there's a lot of strategy and the four-letter word, work, that goes into, into making that, that heaven. So, I, so is it official you're going to retire now? Yeah, I have, I have, I have two dates either. I, right now... Um, November eighth, twenty thirty nine is is the is the right now the official date. Is that that's your birthday? The, that's the, no, that's the fiftieth anniversary of my first paying gig. Oh okay. Wow. I figure fifty years into one 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 option, and I don't know. I it, to me it's I've really thought about it more and more in the last two or three years, going, man, there's another there's another act in me. I just don't know what it is yet. You know, there's something else, and whether I split my time and do half, you know. But the the years of doing 300 days on the road, are, that's that's long gone. That's you know, the years, that's hard. Well, the years of also doing 200 days. I mean, yeah. we've kind of cut it back to 200, and maybe we'll do 100 next yeah. year. And and you know, not shows. I mean, we do 100 shows that takes 200 days on the road to complete. You know, you're yeah. not doing 100 in a row. Yeah. So. You know, maybe I do fifty shows and or twenty five shows, and it's and it's systematic scaling back of of you what may, we do. Your next act may be just musically something else too. Musically, it could be music. It could be you know. I mean, I kind of think of furniture. I don't I, know. I think of my myself personally in that way. You know, I mean, I've got all these different acts that have happened throughout my career, you know, call it a career, I guess. Oh, I made enough career. money to live. So. It's a great career, and, and, yeah. and gainfully employed in the music business. That is the one, that is the, if you can 
become gainfully employed in the music business. That is my hats off to you. I don't care how you do it. You know, I don't yeah. because ultimately it it's it is so difficult to monetize at the very beginning because it's it's famine, 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 famine. All of a sudden you hit something and it and you're like, Oh, well this was easy. Yeah, but <laughs> look at the seventeen or twenty years you spent trying to figure well, it out. Well I have a, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have this saying. I worked my whole life to become an overnight success. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And you know, you don't take any you know, I'm a firm believer in the ten thousand hour concept where, you know, talk to me when you got ten thousand hours on it and really talk to me when you got twenty thousand hours, you know, it's because because experience tells you a lot. It teaches you a lot, obviously. But but it also tells you a lot about the the musician, the ability to adapt and and where experience comes in is when the gig goes off the rails. Exactly. And when the gig goes as planned, that's as that's how it's supposed to be, quote unquote. When the gig goes off the rails and amp goes down, drum drummer blows the kick drum through that and you have to kill time and you have to figure out what you're going to do or call a song or do something that turns the whole momentum around that's when the 10,000 hours and the 20,000 hours pays off because it's either you freak out collapse or just calmly oh yeah totally. you know transition into something else and it's totally. and it's 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 a real skill you know and what i think is a little bit lost in today is where you're seeing more YouTube and Instagram. Everything is done in a soundbite in a minute in controlled environments that the worst thing that can happen is... We'll do it again. The, 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 <laughs> you can do it again or, or the battery of the phone dies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, right? You don't have a drunk guy throwing shit at you. You no. don't have, you know, you don't have... You're not even worried you're not going to get paid and you have to pay the cats and the band and all that. I mean, yeah, there's a million pressures. Armed insurrections. Right, you right. Know, and things weird that... sound in the club, bad sound men. I mean, God, how many things can we come up with that can ruin a gig, you know? Or, or, or in some cases, if all of that occurs, that's actually in certain tours that I've done, that was a decent show. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know right. what, what, only the ceiling collapsed and, you know, there was two fights tonight. We did great. Yeah. Sold 20 CDs. We're good, you know. But what, what about the, your collection? How, how crazy has the collection got? It's, 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 it's I, would, I would borderline <laughs> extreme. But, um, have you no, started to liquidate or no? I mean, I can't. It's it's a hoarder <laughs> situation. You know? it, your old man was a had a shop, right? Twice he had a guitar shop twice, and yeah. you know the problem is with guitar collecting is is you become like a rescue. You know, um, I have been fortunate enough to where I've been able to rescue some pretty cool stuff, yeah. and what I've been doing this week is going into the vault and pulling out stuff that hasn't seen the light of day in four or five, six years. And I, I, I need to have a I need to have a come to Jesus moment with it, you know. And because ultimately something happens to me or whatever, I mean what, what are you gonna do? You know, it's you let your, yeah, you let a friend of yours sell it. You know, I mean you really and that's where I am right now. Of course I'm older than you. Yeah. But uh, I just sold my uh, 
my first L5 that I like played yeah. the beginning of my career. Yeah, I love that thing. Yeah, I've got pic- now I've got a picture on my phone. I look at it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love that thing. We had so much fun together. All my first records were on it. But you know, I know that I'm never going to be in a place where I'm going to play that thing again. Yeah, it's just a sentimental thing. And there are people in the world that really want it and will play it. And it's yeah. a musical instrument. And of course, like I got it when I was in high school. So you you can imagine like how much money I've made on it just from yeah. the fact that A, it's been around that long and B, some provenance for me having owned it. So, yeah. but I mean, I'm going through that. Yeah, I just, I mean, I don't want my wife to have to no. get rid of all this shit. I mean, I don't have any, I mean, I'm. you would laugh if I told you how little I had. <laughs> You'd say, you don't have a problem, buddy. But still, <laughs> I want to just keep what I realistically might play. Yeah. The rest, I want out in the world making music you know, not that I, I don't even need the cash. I just want yeah. it out in the world, away from yeah. me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do eventually. The way to do the the, the, the pair down would be, would be an auction. It would be a yeah. Sotheby's. You have so much stuff. It's yeah. 800 pieces between yeah. guitars and amps, wow. and um, and the thing is, it's there's some really historically significant stuff that I never play. I, I'm just a you know, I have to wear two hats. You know, three hats. I'm the collector, the geek, and the historian. Right. You know. There's certain guitars in my collection, guitars that are perfect, preserved 70 years, perfect. I mean, and there's there's guitar dealers' definition of mint. There's my definition of mint, and they're not usually on on, on online. Mint is I want to see it. I want to see factory sawdust. You know, I have some really mint, unplayed, preserved examples. There's no reason for me to pick those things up and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to take it out and I'm going to beat it up for a tour. Why? When you have another Strat that you can do that to oh, or another the, Les Paul. That would, be a, that would actually be kind of a bad thing. You'd be ruining a museum piece. Exactly. And some of those things, include, you know, and you know, I have a collection of Tweed Amps, over 125 Tweed Amps. There's about 75 Mint ones. It's probably the nicest assembly of Mint Tweed Fender Amps in the world. You know, and you post a picture of it and you immediately get a comment and somebody will say, well, you're just taking away, you know, like that's, that's, that's <laughs> sick. You, you know, you know, you're, you're just, you're, you're um, just taking away amps where, you know, somebody can take one of those and go out and gig and make music with it. I'm like, my response is, fuck you. I said, you know what? You can gig with, you can gig with amps that are beat up. These things are going to stay no, mint. No, no, those are museum pieces. These things are going to stay mint because they've been mint. For the, and I don't play them because I want them to stay mint because you're preserving history in the sense of this is American craftsmanship, ingenuity, inventiveness, every screw part, speaker, paper, and the cone, everything was made within 100 mile radius of where we're sitting. And the notion of this, this, this like type of like, well, your mint tweed twin needs to be gigged. It does not. No, no. And believe me, I don't feel that at all. And, but. and, and it's and it's like it, it, the part of the collector in me is preservationist, and and the thing is, if I ever do sell anything, I'm very particular about where it's going because if it's going to go. In, if it's going to go to some rich guy who's just going to abuse it or let, let somebody, oh, I just loaned that thing. I, I, you know, it's his property. He bought it. Right. He can do it. He just, to me, he didn't have the right to come buy it from me. He can find it somewhere else, you know. And because ultimately they're mint one time, they're preserved one time, 
and hopefully where the collection goes after I'm done with it is is in a place where it's it's displayed like it is at my house it's appreciated like it is at my house and it's loved and it's preserved for future generations to look back and say hey listen this was a time and place in musical history where this explosion of solid body electric guitar rock and roll 50s cool the you know the the it was cars guitars music you know you know restaurants and drive-ins and movies and the whole world went from black and white into color and about a 10-year period and you go that's never going to occur again so if you can be part of that preservation that's that's cool now on the other side of the coin i i play stuff i have to play stuff i love stuff that's that's if I see a beat-up Stratocaster, it's beat-up for a reason. Why? He says, it's a great one. You know? And those I play. Those are the ones, but yeah, that, that, that's, those are the ones that need to be played. Yeah. I mean, because they, they really, players could, could really benefit from them. Yeah, I don't own any museum piece stuff. Yeah. And the closest I came to one, I actually did sort of, whatever. I've, but, you know. The, the, the thing is, if you're comfortable owning it, you don't have to own them. You know what I mean? And what I always tell people, like, when you get into collecting, if you're buying to flip it, this is not the business for you. If this is, you think you're going to make a quick dollar, and some people make some quick cash, they buy stuff and they think they know more, whatever. And, and but if you're doing it for the right reasons, good things will happen. The collection becomes its own. Everybody asks me, like, how, how, how do you find all this stuff? I go, well, these you. 10, I had to go search out then the rest of them find me. Mm. You know, I get calls and messages all the time from original owners, families, or people that go, listen, I want it to go in your, you know, Nerdville, whatever. I'm like, listen, you know, if it meets the parameters, you know, I can't rescue everything. I'll, I'll you know, I'll take it. You know, I don't, I don't want a 1971 dual showman that's been beat up sitting in a garage. I don't have room for that. You know right. what I mean? Um, but it's, it, it's been a passion of mine. It's, it's escalated to a point where it's just a little bit nutty, um, and <laughs> I I've, I've cut back. But you know, no regrets. You know, no regrets. I don't look. I don't look at it as as something that I, I that I've done a disservice to myself. You know. Have you got any a couple of pieces that stand out, or just like I can't believe I have this? I got two flying V's from '58. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, got the eleventh one in the ledger, and it's also the one from Arthur's music. Um, I have a How I have the Howard Reed Strat, which was built in '55, factory black. Um, was built for Howard Reed when he played with G Gene Vincent in the Blue Caps after Cliff Gallup. Um, <laughs> and I had that guitar on my wall in a poster when I was 11 years old. Oh wow! And in 2013, I was playing the Ryman Auditorium for the first time, um, and. And George Gruen took the, that guitar in on consignment from uh, Bill Blackburn, who wrote Fender books and bought it from Howard's family in 79 when he died. And it was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for 20 years. And I ended up buying the guitar because it, that guitar, more than anything, is, that guitar, more than anything, is, represents the journey for me from kid in your bedroom with the Guitar World centerfold, not a Playboy one, the Guitar <laughs> World centerfold taped to your wall, to going, 
well, you know what? I applied myself and did something with my life, and I bought this this guitar, you know? And that guitar was here in California up until about a couple of days ago, and um, the Ryman um, asked if I would be willing to loan them something for their, their gallery. They're redoing their, their, their gallery of, they have like Hank Williams guitar yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And I said, I got one for you. And I picked it up the first day, the first show I ever did at the Rhyme, and I picked that Howard Reed Strat up, and so, it, so it's now it's in Nashville. And it's That's cool. On display. Which is cool. Hey, a question. What would you tell Joe, in his kid in his bedroom, what would you tell if you speak if you could speak to him now? What what would you say to yourself to that kid in the bedroom? Change playing? nothing. Change nothing. Change nothing. Yeah. Whatever whatever kooky idea you had, and however driven you are, being that being that kid in your bedroom, change nothing. I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't I wouldn't walk anything back. I wouldn't I wouldn't change a damn thing about. I wouldn't change the struggle. I wouldn't change the years of of sweat and toil and uncertainty and poverty and and I wouldn't change anything that's cool I would it, to me everybody has a story this just happens to be mine you know and 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 I don't I wouldn't want I wouldn't want it to, to come easy or or quick you know at the end of the day there's a lot of people that that made a lot of money in Bitcoin you know you see them you know people going oh yeah I made it millions of dollars on Bitcoin Okay, okay. Cool. Well, I, I started in my bedroom playing guitar and put out almost 40 records and sold 7 million copies. I did something with my life in the last 30 years. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to, slacker. As, as opposed to <laughs> traded Bitcoin on my telephone. Yeah, right. I, I, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather have that story. Yeah. You know, some people would, would, would rather have it come quick. Yeah. That's them. Family? Is it? I have, uh, my, well, my mom and dad are still alive. Mm -hmm. um, they're moving to California. Finally talked to them. Out of, oh, wow. Out of, out of upstate New York. Yeah. Um, they're moving to California. Uh, my sister's in San Francisco. Um, my girlfriend is from Australia. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. And there's the reason why everybody, people come to my house and they see all the signs and guitars and amps and everything well, well displayed and lit. And, <laughs> and the first thing they say is, you don't have any kids, do you? I go, nope. No. Yeah. Not that I know of. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've been a singular purpose, singular driven artist for a long time. You kind of have to be to get to that level. Yeah, that's 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 part of the sacrifice. Yeah, can't have it all. You can't. Yeah, I mean, how many how many su successful and heroes and people you've met over the years that have given up everything and they have that part of their life, but all the other parts of their life are a complete mess. A lot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, man, you know. Yeah, sure. Like it's a sacrifice. You can't. You can't. Sometimes you can't have it all. No. Is there is there anyone you've you haven't met that you'd love to meet or play with? Um, I, I've met Jeff Beck a few times. Yeah. Um, never played with him. I'd love to play with Jeff Beck. I'd love to get trolled by him. Um, to me, he's the best rock guitar player. I mean, just continually, continuously evolves. Um, you know, I've met all my heroes, and was and and I've jammed with most of them that I I've wanted, exception of Jeff Beck and. To me, at the end of the day, what I want most is, is if I can keep making music at a high level, 
um, or at least what I consider him to be a high level, and and not shortchange the fans on the show and and keep myself in shape and not have my personal life a mess. I've done my job. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know people that have been very successful in the music business and and just have run off the rails on a personal level and you just go, man, it's like, you, you, there is a balance here. You don't have to suffer for the art. You don't have to be a junkie. You don't have to be a raging alcoholic. You don't have to do a lot of those things that quote unquote make you cool, yeah. you know? You know, it's you know just because we've all read the Charles Bukowski books, okay, yeah. and the, and 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 idolize Hemingway and and going that would be cool to sit down in Havana and just be a fucking drunk, but <laughs> but but you still got to be, yeah, you know we're not we're not all Hemingway or Bukowski, so yeah. you have to you have to you have to really at that point decide you know if you want to be a responsible adult. Yeah, definitely goes with the territory. Well, a lot of things to juggle. So, what's what's next? Um, you go back out. I leave, I leave for tour. I have forty five more shows this yep. year, and then I'm off. So. And, and how long will you take off next time? Or is um, that up? Off the from December to February, so it's a big break, three months. Wow, that doesn't actually seem a lot. No, ninety days is a big time for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and uh, next year we're going to tour in the spring, and then I'm make a, another, another album in June. We're doing, going to Abbey Road. I'm going to make a British blues album wow. in London. Yeah. Abbey Road, it's a bucket list thing for me. Then tour a little bit in the summer and um, a little bit in the fall and that's next year. So, so what does Joe do when you're not, when you're not, haven't got a guitar in your hand and is it the cars? I, I, you know, I don't play much when I'm at home. Really? You just, yeah. You I step mean, away? I don't play much. I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of just relax and don't do much, you know? Yeah. Like, like today. Um, I'm, I'm taking my, my girlfriend to Harry Potter land. So if anybody's, I know we're not <laughs> live to broadcast. We'll be live, so no, yeah, no we're not right. going to put it on Facebook. That's fun, man. But I'm, I'm, you fun. know, I'm taking her to Harry Potter, and yeah. you know, I, I got to learn to live life. I, you know, I got to learn to live life outside a guitar shop, and 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 you know, and that's it. You know, yeah. it's it's it's, it's nor- normalcy is my vacation. Yeah. Home is my vacation. Like, yeah. Why would I take a vacation? Well, take yeah, a trip. Why would I take a trip? trip. I just, I just, my, yeah. I wear out wheels on luggage. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's like, I'm not taking a trip to anybody. There's nothing better than coming home and just vegging out. Oh man, man, yeah. Right? You just got back from Germany. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and I, I have a very strange scene. I, I live only part time here, and my home is in Carmel. Oh, I love Carmel. And so. Uh, and my wife is up there, so like when I'm down here, I'm in a, I got like an apartment, you know, right. and I, I do my work at the school, and I record and play gigs and do this and hang with my friends, yeah. and then I have a life of home there. And then the funny thing is, my wife, she just loves to go on trips, right? And uh, of course, with me, I'm so busy that all I want to do is once I get to Carmel, it's just not. Carmel so, is like so one we, of the, one of the, it's one of the wackiest places. I love it up yeah. there. I used to have a couple friends. I still yeah. have a friend who lives up there, and because used to be a guitar shop up there too. Was it Dexter? And no, it was a Rumble Seat Music used to be. Oh, those guys, sure. They, they yeah. were up there, and I visited Carmel many times. And 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 what I noticed about Carmel, my being a Southern Californian, Carmel makes Malibu look like Tijuana. <laughs> I remember being out there with my girlfriend, uh-huh. and we we're looking, looking around. Six thirty, and this was in the winter time. So it was January, February, up there just visiting, looking for a place to go eat at six thirty, and the and and downtown Carmel, where it's where yeah, there's sure. no there's no 
numbers. It's just yeah. Dolores and Fifth yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You're going, everything is shut. It is, there's no street lights. It's dark. And there's like, there was like three restaurants. Like, you know. What time did you say? 6.30? It would, no, more like 8. Maybe it was like 8, 8, 8, yeah. Eight. Yeah, and even then, if you know where they are. But, of course, it's dark and it's hard to find them. you got to know. <laughs> but, and actually, I don't live in that part. I live in the Carmel Valley. There's like a whole valley that runs, the right. river, river runs out there. I'm about 10 miles back. Gotcha. But, but uh, and by choice, because I'm also a horse rider and stuff. There's ranches and stuff out yeah, there. Yeah. But, or I used to be when I had time. Um it's a beautiful part. But, of the yeah, world. but you know, I mean, and, and it's very aged population there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know those old people that retire to Florida, right? Their parents live in Carmel. Yeah, their parents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's great. That's great. So, uh, but yeah, so I mean, we worked it out with my wife. She just goes on her vacations by herself. Yeah. While I'm not home, so that when I get home, we can hang. You know. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's just you know, we're we're old enough to. Right. To be past that kind of phase where you know we got to be together every minute and everything, and her she's really interesting. She likes to go camping and stuff. So she takes the dog and have fun. Goes out and me. I get home and it's like great. I'm home. You know, I don't have hey, to get in the car. I don't have to see an airport. Don't have to pack anything. Don't have to be in a suitcase. You know, because the travel is the beatdown. The gigs are the fun and, yeah. and the reward. The travel is the beatdown. And and yeah. You would have noticed that, or both of you guys would have noticed how hard it's changed. It's got harder. It hasn't got better. It's got oh, worse man. to travel. Man, yeah. Especially with an instrument. Oh, it's my like, God. It's oh like God. negotiating. I did, my gig in Germany was uh, a couple of gigs and a workshop. And it, the guy who put on the workshop was the guy who made my guitar. Right. So he had a bunch of guitars there for me to play. Well, that's, yeah. And traveling without a guitar... I mean, granted, you know, this is a big, you know, and I had I left during Labor Day weekend, so I had to fly through Houston to get to Munich, and on the way back right. it was easier. But all these airports, all this, and no guitar. It felt like imagine a person who has kids finally gets to fly without their kids. Yeah, I mean, I imagine what that's what it felt like to me. No negotiation. I, it was so. It was like I've always felt like I'd kind of left something behind. Right. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's like, oh, this is kind of easy. You know, but still, it's all the the security shit. I mean, I was, of course, on the road for many years without any of that. You know, there was no ID. You know, no. your ticket was just your thing, and yep. and I remember that. We used to fly. You know, I I flew so much that I had one of these cards with Pan Am. Pan Am. <laughs> I, I had this. I had this card that like made me like I had like a million miles or something like yeah. with them, and so like all my friends would fly under my name of course i'd get the miles for it but they could take this little card and immediately get bumped up to first class yeah. you know so they could fly first class so you know as far as pan am was concerned i was you know yeah i was on a plane practically every day <laughs> well you know i mean the thing is you know like, that's why they went out of business i probably did it you well, know, you, you, well you see now like I, I feel for the cats that do nothing but fly dates yeah. You know, they, they they have a gig bag. They have they have a little pedal board in their backpack. They have now they now they're bringing powered amps with the pedal boards, plug into whatever. Oh yeah. And it's because it's just because of the nature of of travel, and they just don't want to deal with it. You know, what I mean, it's like I've had seats for guitars that I've had to bring back or move, you know, via air, you know, and they're old guitars, expensive guitars. I'm not checking that. I'm not even. I, I buy seat. I buy a seat for it, you know, and and even that, 
you're sitting there negotiating with the people at the gate going, listen, here's the deal. Either treat me like I'm an oversized passenger, I need a seatbelt extender, and everybody to stop talking. Okay, <laughs> it's real simple. I said, I said, if you want to give the guitar a gin and tonic, great. If you don't, great. It's fine. You know, but but but, sir, we we'll we'll check the guitar. We're over soul flight. We'll check the guitar to your final destination for free, right? And I'm sure you're gonna take extra yeah, special, right. special care of it. Right. Not a chance, no. you know. And that that's that's the beat down of travel. You know, I mean, I don't I don't check a bag anymore. I have a I have I found a magical carry on bag that that has eight days worth of worth of worth of civilian clothes. Now my wardrobe travels in another case, which is unlucky. But what, what I do is I have eight days of civilian wear and a backpack. And I don't even, I, it's like, it's, it's not even a conversation anymore. It's like I am a model passenger. They have beaten me down. They have come up with, they, have, <laughs> they change the rules. They do this midstream. It's like, because, you know, you, you could, if you're a guitar player or whatever, it's like, you know, like I, I have my right to bring this thing on, blah, blah, blah. Well, if they're oversold, which they always are, yeah. they're going to they're gonna right, no, that. No. And it's like, It depends forget. on the airline and who, who's at the gate. You know, I mean, yes, it's, yes, it's technically the, law, the, the rule, rule yeah. now. But it's up to them to enforce or not enforce the rule. You know, and certain airlines, you're going to be okay. And certain ones, you know, if you learn the ways of doing things... Yeah. You mean it's it's just like it, they change the rules. You figure them out, and now they'll change them again right. six months from now, and you'll have to figure those out. Right. And, and you're right. I mean, it, just the stress factor. This kind of shows actually how you got a squirrel in that flower bed, man. You need oh, to you I need to retrain that little my baby gun. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you need to retrain that particular one. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I mean, it's just like the, probably the biggest source of stress of my life has been. Airplanes, airports, and guitars. Yeah, that's. I mean, honestly, and that's really funny when you think like, I've been divorced. <laughs> okay, yeah. it probably doesn't say much for me as a deep human being. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, just, but it's more traumatic. It yeah. is. It, it's. It's just like, and it starts to happen like a day before I fly. Is it going to make it? Am I going to be okay? Am I going to lose this one? You know, da 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 da. Oh yeah, and then I have to fight with people and deal with people. And da 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 da. Get. I get there. It's like. And then I'm on the road. And it's like, oh shit! I got to get on another plane in two days. Oh, you know, it's like, really, it's been like, it's not like debilitating trauma. It's this nagging stress that builds up to the the moment of yeah. truth, and then sort of subsides till the next moment of truth right. that is a build up. It's it's so fucked up, man. The way I look at it is, I I I fly about thirty times a year, whether it's for pleasure or or back and forth to Nashville or or. To go on the road, okay, thirty times a year on average. On average, if you check a bag, it costs you on on the checking side and on the receiving side between thirty and forty five minutes. By the time it's all said and done, you know, right. some 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 you make up, some some is an hour. You wait at LAX for an hour. You add that up, that's over one day of your life you spent waiting for <laughs> shit bag. you're never going to use that you don't need to take. Yep. And I just go, I'm not, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Yeah, and and ultimately, you know, that's that's the pitfalls of travel is 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 the waiting is the waiting, and you know, if a four hour. You know, we we have a saying if we have to, like sometimes we'll reposition in Europe. Like if we're doing Scandinavia, then we have to drop down to do Spain or whatever. Okay, we have a day off. The band and I will fly 
and the crew will ride the, the sub, do the submarine ride. And we have a saying, it's like, how long, you know, the, the, how long is it going to take to get from Oslo to Madrid? Now, in the, the plane ride says it's an hour and, and, and 22 minutes flight time. You know how long it's going to take? All fucking day. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. And by the time you get there, pack, and get from the hotel to the airport, airport to the plane, plane, back out, get your luggage from the there, back to the van, into the hotel, it is day. all yeah. day. Oh, yeah, For man. an hour flight. Yeah. Not yeah. No, that's, I mean, I live in Carmel, you know, my, my drive to here, particularly right where we're sitting, which my place is not far, is five hours. Yeah. Everybody says, why don't you fly? It's like, well, I got to drive to the airport. I've got to got to get there at least an hour early, maybe sometimes more. I get to the you know, they got the flight. It's an hour. Then I get to the airport. I'm stuck at LAX because nothing goes from Monterey. No. If I go to San Jose, then then we've added another hour and a half drive. It's That's an hour like, and a half. You know what I mean? By work. the time you add it all up, basically it's the same amount of time. Only I get to take everything I want, leave when I want. You know, and I mean, relax. Yeah. You know, and so like, it's just kind of, I just, yeah, I mean, yeah, I drive a lot. So you can see why a lot of guys are like you were talking before, a lot of guys are using like the fractal and yeah, all those. Have you, you had much experience with any of that stuff or no? I no, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I've, I've tried it a few times Yeah. and my kryptonite is latency. Right. Okay. If, if you want me to not play give me an amp with too much gain, too much compression, or give me a, some sort of digital device where the latency, I could feel the latency in the strings. It, it, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather uh, help the squirrel out of your garden than play the guitar. <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get into that. I've never, I've never heard a sound come out of one of those type of devices where I go, holy cow, is that like the end of yeah. Does it serve a purpose when you're in a pop gig and you gotta make you gotta make the marks? Absolutely. Does it you know, does it sound like a Princeton reverb? No, it does not. Mm -hmm. um, does it does it kinda sound like a Princeton reverb with headphones on in a controlled environment? Kinda. Does it react to the guitar like the same? No. Mm. Yeah. And is it more expensive than a Princeton reverb? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're so, crazy. Expensive. So you, you, the argument, well, you know, not all of us have a great amp collection, Joseph. You know, it's well. like that. By the way, by the way, a Hot Rod Blues Deville. I'll put a Hot Rod Two Twelve or or Four Ten Blues Deville up against any of my tweed amps any day of the week. Great amp. Yeah. Four hundred bucks. Yeah, they sound amazing. You know what yeah. I mean? You could rule the world with that. Stuff. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's not it's not a question of oh well you know he with three dumbbells must. Must must you know? I'm the king of the cork sniffers. It's not that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's 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 it, to me. It's it's about does it do it or does not? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so anyway, I probably should split. You we, should split, mate. Well, thank you for being so pleasure. generous with your no time, problem. man. Great thank to get you, to know you. No problem. Yeah, great, great studio. One time would be great to play sometime. You Absolutely. Know? Next time we do it. Just let me know. Yeah. But um, yeah, have fun with the misses. I'm glad you got an Aussie in your life, mate. You better for She's it. She's great. They're watch out. They're taking over the world, man. Oh, they? Yeah. Very well mannered, all of them. I know. They're they're like golden retrievers. You just love them all. You know what I mean? Mate, I'll get you to sign the, the guitar when Kelly. Okay. Your own mommy 
Hi, folks. I know you don't recognize me, but I'm a guy who plays a guitar player often on stage. And I just want to say that we love this Guitar Wink and we love the community here, but we could sure use your help. So if you want to pick up a few hats for Christmas or a T-shirt or a mug or just make a donation, it's sure going to go a long way to making us happy this holiday season. <laughs> 